Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, baby! Hey, baby! We're gonna be here all day! We're gonna be here all day, baby! I like this kind of party! I like this kind of party, baby! All right! Bring it, baby! We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. Yes, we are indeed back on the pregame show with Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley. And what a delight to be able to get to the score hotline presented by. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, and find a Bears legend. Samurai Mike is a Hall of Famer. He is a Super Bowl winner. He is uh, a very uh, storied member of the franchise. Mike, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? No complaints at all, and and really a joy to talk to you. Um, Obviously, you're a perfect guest today because – you are a Bears legend, as mentioned, and you, of course, uh, coached uh, the San Francisco 49ers. So I, I don't know if there's any uh, any conflict and and who you want to see win today, but I'm sure uh, uh, it's the kind of game that you can uh, have plenty of fond memories uh, about. Well, I'm excited to, uh, uh, to see the game, and, and uh, you know, I'm always going to be with the Bears. Um you know, we, we go way back, so a lot of fond memories uh, with the Chicago Bears and a lot of great teammates and players, and so uh, you could never root for anybody else. Hey, Mike Olenkruz here, and if you don't mind, after going over all of your resume last night, I'm just going to call you Coach yep. uh, the rest of this interview. So, Coach, um, when you we talked a lot today about the Bears trying to find leaders, guys who demand details, demand at practice that things are done right. And when we look at who you played with, Dan Dan Hampton, Richard Dent, Steve McMichael, I mean, the Fridge, Otis Wilson. Anyway, I'm scared to play those guys already today. And then being a coach and coaching Ray Lewis, my question for you is how hard is it to get players to demand from them? Because – Sundays are easy, but Monday through Friday, what does it take to lead guys like that and have them do the right things? Well, you know, that's a really good question. It's a great question because, you know, players, you know, all players want to be great, but um, a lot of players don't really know what it takes to, to be great. And so it's, it's, um, it's tremendous when you have a coach uh, that, particularly a position coach and coordinator, head coach, that really understands what it's going to take and is not concerned about 
how the players are going to look at them. And, and when you demand that of them and that consistency, because it is a tough job, uh, that's why you don't see it very often. But um, it's just a matter of really, really persevering as a coach and uh, making sure that, that those players get it, even though they may not like it, they may not, you know, but at some point in time, they're going to come to you uh, maybe later on and say, hey, you know what? I really, really appreciate what you did for me. Hey, Coach, Patrick Manley here. And I, first, I got to thank you for taking a 10-year-old kid from Atlanta and turning a Falcons fan into a Bears fan. I remember being uh, sitting on the, 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 the couch watching the games with my dad and looking at you and being like, holy cow, that's how you play football? <laughs> with that focus and intensity you had, it was unbelievable. So I appreciate that. But I guess my question is, where did that start? Where did you get that that intensity and focus from? I mean, it's you know, it's kind of unmatched in in, in NFL, you know, all throughout the years. Well, I, I think first of all, it was uh, it was truly a commitment from uh, the very first time I started playing football. I knew that I wasn't as big as the other players. I knew I wasn't as talented as a lot of the other players, but the one thing that I had was my work ethic. And, um, you know, I prayed as, as a young player, you know, Lord, I'm going to go out every game and I'm never going to cheat. I'm, I'm always, I'm going I'm to play every play the very last minute, second. And um, I, I never cheated on a play. And, and uh, for me, that's, uh, that's where it came from. It was that commitment to the Lord at a, at a very early age. You know, Mike, it was also, I mean, it was well known. There was thousands of stories of players talking about, um, you know, you're in trouble when the middle linebacker is calling out the play you're about to run. And you were known for, for, for your preparation. And, and you literally could, you could look at a team and read exactly what they were trying to do based on how you were lined up or what you guys were doing. And I would imagine that that, that was a very popular trait among teammates hey they're coming at you right now they're going to do this I, I, I mean is that just how, how much time did you put in to be able to do stuff like that well it's it, it's uh you know i put in a lot of time it, it yeah. uh, for me you know buddy demanded that time he said i i want you not just to be a captain i i want you to really understand what i'm asking you to do we can't run this defense if you're not going to do your job and that was you, you need to be able to have an idea of where that play is going to go. You need to make sure everybody can, can be lined up and, and do exactly what they're supposed to do. Um, and so that was the thing that I, I, I knew from the very beginning that that's what Buddy demanded. So I knew I had to watch a ton of film and uh, be really, really prepared because there was some time that I had deep middle. And I'm up on the line of scrimmage in, in the middle of the line. And I didn't have time to to really guess at it. I had to know that that was a passing place so I could start getting out of there. So those little things like that, um, you know, that was just the demand of the job from Buddy. And I'm really thankful that he did that. Hey, Coach, uh, you came also to talk to our team in 1998. Uh, me and Pat Manley were in there. Yeah. I uh, wanted to thank you for that speech because I immediately knew uh, the kind of intensity I needed to have to play in the NFL. But uh, my coach, for, my question for you is, you know, in 2008, 
a guy you really respected, um, you had to replace him in Mike Nolan and Coach Tabor, the Bears special team coach. Today, Coach Nagy is out uh, with COVID. Uh, he has to take over uh, being the head coach today. What is he facing today, especially uh, working with the staff that he didn't hire? So what kind of things is he facing today on game day like you went through the first time you had to be the head coach? You know, I, I think the most important thing that um, – you know, he has to do the special team coach today is remove all of the um, the thought of okay, now I'm a head coach and now I got to do this. You know what? The first thing he has to do is just be himself. You know what? I'm not Coach Nakey. Uh, I'm not the head coach, but today I am, and so I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do what what Coach Nagy would. I'm going to do any anything that he asked me to do. I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do it this way. And as long as he carries out those responsibilities, but he needs to make sure that he still has ownership of it, then everything is going to take care of itself. And coach, you mentioned uh, Buddy Ryan earlier, and I know you guys are really close. Is there a is a favorite is there a favorite Buddy Ryan story you like to tell? <laughs> uh, there are too many. I don't know where to start. Uh, I, I guess uh, when, when I think about uh, Buddy Ryan, he, he's just one of those guys that uh, uh, seems like every day you're learning something new and, and you're getting something. I, I remember one day we were practicing. This is when we didn't have our indoor facility, and we had to go across the street when we were across from uh, Lake Forest uh, College. And um, so I, I put on my shoes and, and I rushed out and we're practicing. And when we were done practicing, there were marks all over the floor. And they were my shoes. And Buddy, you know, looked at me and said, Samurai, what, what are you thinking? I mean, you, you had all these marks on the floor. These people let us use the facility. I mean, all the guys looking at me got us in a huddle and um, – you know, every now and then, he held me in check. So he's he reprimanding me about these marks on the floor. He said, don't you have any discipline? Don't, don't, don't you have any, you know, care about yourself? What, what, what is this? What are you thinking? And, and so, you know, all the guys are looking at me kind of like, yeah, 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 you're getting it now. And, and you know. Of course, when, when it was over, you know, later on, Buddy just comes with a wink or something like that. I'm okay, well, that's great at, at, at my expense. But, uh, you know, he, he's an interesting guy and, and uh, really funny, but uh, a lot of wisdom. Obviously, you know, he, he once took a swing at Kevin Kilbride in a game. I mean, we know that he was pretty fiery. Uh, he and Ditka apparently – at halftime in that Miami game, it almost came to blows. Ditka wanted to go with uh, nickel defense, and, and Buddy wasn't having it. Uh, wh- what was that dynamic like between those two guys? Well, it's it's uh, it's really interesting. You you got two two bulls in the pen, and uh, both of them were, I mean, you know, headstrong, and and uh, you know, obviously, Coach Ditka was the head coach. But the uh, the one little piece in there was Coach Dicka did not hire Buddy Ryan. Uh, you know, Buddy was was the holdover, and George Hallis 
hired him, and he made sure that Coach Dicker knew that whenever he came in trying to change things. And I, I think that dynamic, uh, that dynamic was, was something that it was good for us for that for that time. But uh, you know, after the Super Bowl, there there had to be a decision made in terms of how we're going to go forward because we, we've come to this place where we're at a wall. And we can't go any further like that. And you know, obviously, they separated. Coach, uh, just a simple question: Where is the nickname Samurai Mike from? The nickname Samurai Mike came from. Uh, you know, I just made a lot of noises when I played. You know, it's kind of <laughs> like a uh, Bruce Lee movie. You know, it, it, if the play was in the A gap, B gap around the corner, you know, I'd be there and I'd go, ah! Something like that. <laughs> and uh, the running, you know, the guys would go, uh. So, uh, you know, it just kind of came. It sounded like uh, even a karate movie or something. But uh, that's kind of where it came from. Well, Coach, you made a lot of those noises at Soldier Field, obviously. What's your thoughts on the Bears potentially moving out of there and going to Arlington Heights? I'm sorry, say that again? Yeah, you know, you made all those noises in Soldier Field. Iconic Soldier Field played all those games there. What's your thoughts on potentially the Bears moving to Arlington Heights? You know what, I, I um, it just depends on, you know, what works for them. Uh, but I, I think it, it could be a tremendous move. Um, but I, I, you know, I also think that uh, Soldier Field is such a traditional place with so much history and what have you, but, um, you know, you, you, you're kind of torn after a while, but Soldier Field is pretty special. Yes. You played with so many um, different characters, you know, different types of people, different uh, uh, places, and, um, you know, an amazing collection of players on that uh, Bears 85 defense. A lot of people believe to this day the greatest NFL defense ever assembled. Um, and, and there's a lot of Hall of Famers out of that group. Who would who was the guy that if you had to pick one guy to start a team, like a schoolyard pickup, that you would take first? Hmm. You know what? Uh, it, it's interesting. Um, Dan Hampton would be the first guy I would pick. And uh, it's interesting. Dan Hampton and, and I never got along uh, when when I was playing. Uh, Dan was all yelling at me and I was always yelling at him and we pushed each other and uh, at the end of my career when my career was over um, I remember when I got the call uh, for the Hall of Fame and I sat there for a minute and thought who is the first player that I'm going to call and I shocked myself when I thought you know what I can't believe this but it's Dan Hampton (laughs) I got to call him because he was that guy Whenever I missed a play, uh, I knew I was going to hear it from him. Like, hey, Samurai, this guy got two yards. What are you doing? And it's kind of like, what the heck are you doing? How about the quarterbacks throwing fast? What are you doing? So we were always at each other when I when I played. But, uh, you know, the respect that I have for him is uh, tremendous. Hey, uh, Coach, a lot of kids right now, uh, especially with the pandemic, this class, and, and I know you like developing young football players, and I was reading a story, a lot of kids going through recruiting right now, and I heard you tell a story uh, somewhere about a guy, I hope I don't get the name wrong here, but uh, Durfee Nelson coming to your high school and people telling you 
Uh, maybe you're a little too small. Can you take us through your journey of how you, of how you got to Baylor to play for Coach Corky Nelson? Well, um, it, it was interesting. In high school, I was um, uh, I was in the spring year uh, of my. Uh, we, we were going to the spring part of our, our practice, and um, there was a gentleman who came. I, I was in. I was a junior. And, uh, you know, everybody was talking to me, Mike, you know, to get a Division One scholarship, man, <laughs> you see these guys every year. And I was. I was keeping up with them. And, uh, you know, most guys that got scholarships, they were at least six feet. And uh, they were at least 225 pounds. Well, I, I'm about 205. I'm about 5'10 and a half. And they were telling me to change, you know, you, you should think about playing safety. Uh, or corner, but really safety would be a great position for you to play, even some of my coaches. And um, this guy named Durfee Thompson um, came, and he had just gotten cut from uh, a team, uh, a professional team, and he came from Prairie View A&M. And uh, some of my teammates came and got me out of class. I said, Mike, you got to come see this guy, man. This guy is huge. He just got cut. And he was a middle linebacker. And um, I'm telling you, man, you need to change your position. This guy's like 6'4", 250. If he can't make it, how do you think you got a chance? So uh, I'm thinking to myself, oh, man, really? But I, you know, I said, hey, you know what? I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll see him after class. And after class, we, they, they walked me down to the gym. And I'm looking at this guy, and I'm thinking, Wow. This is a huge guy. And he was there to kind of help us through spring practice. Um, but he only stayed for like two days, and that was the second day. And he watched us practice that day. And I'm out there, and I'm doing what I normally do in practice. And after practice, he came up to me, and he said, um, hey, uh, Singletary, so I, I want to tell you something, man. He said, you, you have what it takes to be a great linebacker. And I want to tell you, he said, if I had what you have, I'd still be playing. And he said, the most important thing that you have is your heart. And he said, don't ever give that up. And he gave me a couple of pointers of things that are footwork that I needed to work on. Um, shuffling and, and going from sideline to sideline and, and, and do that until you can't do it anymore. And uh, that's something that I did, and, and it was just that day. And he said, when you, you have an opportunity, you're going to have an opportunity to go to Oklahoma. They're going to come to you. And I'm like, this guy, I, I mean, I believe what you're saying, but Oklahoma, are you kidding me? Uh, in my high school, no one had ever gotten a scholarship to a Division I school. So, but sure enough, Baylor came, University of Texas came, and after all of recruiting was just about done, Oklahoma came. And when I went to Baylor, I talked to Coach Taft, and I was, I was very excited about Baylor. And they were going to give me a chance to play middle linebacker. When I went to University of Texas, they wanted me to play fullback, and they would not offer me a scholarship for middle linebacker. And Oklahoma came. 
the day I was going to call Coach Taft and tell him that I was coming. But Oklahoma, the uh, recruit from the Oklahoma came and said, hey, look at here. He had about three or four championship rings on. And he said, um, so what do you think about these rings? You know, what, what, what do you think about uh, coming to Oklahoma? And I said, well, I'm going to commit to Baylor University. And he started <laughs> belittling me. He got on my case. He said things that were kind of goofy. You're going to go to Baylor. Do you understand who I am? I'm from Oklahoma. Do you understand? And I just told him, I said, you know what? I understand what you're saying. This is the last day of recruiting. And you just come and you're just coming to me. I said, I told Coach Staff I was going to call him when I was done. And I'm done. And I am going to Baylor University. And that was the beginning of it. You hit him as hard as you hit everyone else, Mike. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks so much. Really great to catch up with you, and uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you. God bless. Have a great day. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, Coach. That is Mike Singletary. Wow, man. I mean, great. I would recommend to anyone that that is too young to have seen him play to go to YouTube and watch some of those highlights. One hundred percent. That is a guy. Oh my God! You get fired up. You want to you want to run into a file cabinet in your basement if you watch him play. Yeah, and, and talk about leading. I mean, it, it's oh. easy, right? To lead, not easy, but it's easier to lead guys who are not Hall of Fame caliber, right, Pat? Yep. When you start yep. demanding of Hall of Fame caliber guys, uh, the way you want them to play, how you want them to line up. Um, you know, may, maybe, maybe right up there with the greatest leaders of all time to ever play in the NFL and coach. Yeah, I just I thought it was fascinating that you know he talked about him and Dan Hampton going back and forth to each other. That didn't sound like good collaboration. No, well, that's exactly <laughs> when we talked about Ted. You remember him yelling at Erlacher, yes. right? That's it what I'm saying. That, me. That's what's great. It, yeah. it, it held other. It, it took a leader and it even made him more accountable. And I just I, that's impressive. And that's. Obviously, that's why they were so great, but that, that's a cool story. What, what a, like I said, man, when I was 10 years old and I watched him, like you said, Mully, I, my, my eyes got as big as his did because I'm like, <laughs> look at the intensity he's playing. Whoa, you can play like that? And he was just, oh, he changed my mind. I mean, obviously, Walter Payton was great, but Mike Singletary was the one watching him play on Sundays at home on the couch with Dad. I was like, oh, my God, that guy, I want to be like that guy. Well, that, that was one of the things, Mully, when, when me and Pat first got here, we were so lucky that Walter oh, Walter was still around yeah. uh, in the locker room. Uh, I remember he shook my hand one day, asked me. I used to be a wrestler. He almost broke my fingers, uh, and he wanted to wrestle me on the spot uh, you know, in the, in the locker room. And, and then Singletary talking about uh, – we talked about that meeting, and Pat can, can tell you too – we left there fired up, man. Yes. I mean, his, oh, man. his passion just comes off of him. So uh, it, it was amazing uh, to, to meet that guy and, and also hear these stories here. I mean, he, he, is, he is, like Pat's saying, the guy you try to match what he brought to the football field. Yep. I, I was in, like, my first week covering the Bears, and I'm standing in one of those gangbangs with someone or other, and someone, Man, we had we had we had Pompey and a jockstrap vacillating. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. you're standing in a Where game. This is, is getting no, one this, of those interviews. <laughs> this is not six seven in the store. Uh, come on, it's a term. It's not. It, I apologize. In a, in a mass interview, and somebody grabs me 
on my rear end. And I got to tell you, it was not a pleasant experience. <laughs> and I reel around like, what the hell is this? And there's Walter Payton standing there like just, you know, kind of like looking up and looking around. Like it was like he's known for – and I, I had obviously known Payton. And it was just like how do you get angry at a Hall of Fame guy that – is just give, you know giving you a welcome to the beat moment. Uh, it was uh, it was hilarious. All those guys, all those guys yes. were incredible. Dan Hampton is is just such a large personality, and the idea of him and in Singletary. I mean, like I mean, you could stack Mike Singletary and get to Dan Hampton. He he is like I don't know how to describe it. Go look at tape of him too if you're on YouTube. He was like. If you think of J.J. Watt never getting hurt or never showing right. injury, that was Dan Hampton for 10 years, 12 years, whatever it was. Absolutely amazing player. And what amazed me about Dan Hampton, how big he was, Olin. I mean, he's oh, still, oh, you know, still huge. He could play in today's game mm-hmm. with his size. That, that, mm-hmm. When I first met him, I'm like, wait a minute. You, how, that's back then, and you could still play yes. today with that size. Even more amazing than Dan Hampton is J.J. Watt's PR team. Oh, man. <laughs> You're beautiful. Imagine this. Dan Hampton had a childhood accident. He, like, fell out of a tree or something. So, like, he had, had like, a really serious injury where one leg grew longer than the other, something like that. So he ends up in the band in high school. And he's, like, in the school band, and the coach is, like, goes up to him and says, hey, son, what what are you doing in the bed? And he's like, oh, you know, because he's a very talented musician, but maybe as good as you, Pat. Uh, yeah. And he, he uh, <laughs> the coach says, guitars behind yeah, son, you're on the football team. And that's how really how his career began. He had lost years of development because of this horrible injury when he was a kid. Yeah, man. You look at that whole locker room, right, and those drafts yeah. leading yeah. up to and there's no shock. That they end up Super Bowl champs and you know and, and really contending for a few more years after that because uh, you put that many good people, that many good coaches, that many good players in one building, and, and you're you're setting yourself up for a run. Yeah, yeah and, and the way sure. Fink's built it too, right? O line, yeah. D line. Yeah, yeah. I wish they do that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got to get to uh, to a break. It is uh, of course the pregame show with Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley. Presented by Bet Rivers official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I run a team meeting every day. And I know in the special teams world, it is a team meeting. So I, I, I deal with every, every player on this football team, from the quarterbacks to the defensive linemen to the offensive linemen. I, I meet with them every day. So to me, that's no different. Meeting, meeting and leading guys, that, that's, not, that's not a big deal with regards to that other stuff. If that ever came up. You've always been preparing yourself uh, your, your, your whole life to do that. So uh, I've, I've watched a lot of football games and, and have thought about those type of things. So if it ever did come up, uh, you know, put yourself in good position to, to help the team. It is the pregame show with Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley presented by Bet Rivers, official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers app today. That's the voice of Chris Tabor. He, of course, is the interim acting head coach, whatever you want to call it. He will be the man calling for the fake punt and the fake uh, field goal and the two-point, whatever the heck he wants to call for because he has assumed control. Uh, we will uh, we will get out to the, uh, the score hotline now and bring in our guy Mark Grody, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Vegas, home of the world's Largest sports book, Grody Time. What's up, boys? Yeah, so when it's when let's say the Bears have the ball on the 49ers 37 yard line at fourth and one, is he going to bring out his guy Cairo Santos for the kick, or is he going to let Bill Lazor's offense get the first down? You know, you got to <laughs> ask these questions at this point. <laughs> well, they need points, we know that, so maybe bring Cairo out because he's been kind of a sure thing, but. What, what is the thoughts, uh, uh, Grody, of, of the guys on the team having Tabor, you know, be the head coach today? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a big deal. I think everybody likes Chris Tabor. He is a wholly likable guy, super, you know, extroverted, gregarious personality. If this was, like, for the rest of the season or for more than one game, which presumably – it should not be more than this game unless things go really badly with uh, Matt Nagy and, and the COVID-19 protocol. If it, if it was longer, then I would say it would be a bigger deal. But for today, I think, you know, the players are all cool with it. They kind of know what they have to do. And as you guys know, so much of the coaching that is done is performed by the individual assistant coaches and the groups that they go in. And that's kind of where they huddle up on the sideline as well. But it's, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because the Chris Tabor will be making the big decisions. You know, I joked about that scenario that I just laid out, but those will be his. I mean, there's not enough time for all the voices to debate when it's time to take a, a timeout or ground the football or whatever the case may be. And in those decisions, there will be, you know, he'll be connected to everybody else here on the sideline. They'll have input throughout, but those last-second decisions, those will be Chris Tabor. Also interesting to note that 
uh, special teams guys are usually the first ones out here working, you know, Cairo Santos and the rest of the crew. I have yet to see Chris Tabor out here. So he's a king now, man. He gets to he gets to hold back and get all the shine from the national reporters. So looking for looking for Chris Tabor, the head coach, and see how he comports with those. I wish I could tell you, but I have not seen the man yet. I also wonder too. Does he get an extra paycheck for this? Mm-hmm. Like, do they? Does he get the extra per diem, <laughs> the extra you know, twenty five hundred dollars in his paycheck, or what's the deal? You know. Yeah. Uh, oh, to be king for a day over there, right, Grody? That would be something, man. I, I'd be shaking hands in the suites right now in the skybox suites. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Grody. Um, expecting to see the Bears' fifth right tackle today, Larry Borum, start. Uh, what are they saying there about his shape, uh, how he looks going to practice after missing, I think, what was six weeks? You know, Owen, I have been stalking the coach Castillo, Juan Castillo, the offensive line coach for the last 25 minutes. And right before I came up, he was working with his guys, mm-hmm. and he's had them all out there. And I, I, I was talking to him. We were talking about his, you know, his coaching style. And then I just kind of said uh, – so you got Elijah Wilkinson back this week. He goes, yup, he's back. He's ready to go. And I said, so is he starting? And he smiled and said, you know, I can't tell you that. So I don't know who's starting. Yeah, right but I just before. told Larry you. Larry Borum. Yeah. yeah, also, you think it's going to be Larry Borum, huh? No, I just told you. you got to listen when I talk to you, Grody. Uh, all right, but we haven't seen it yet. All but, right. no, Larry Borum, I, I, oh, oh, guys, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Chris Tabor walking out of the field right in front of me right now. There seems to be a little, little What, uh, extra, what music they got? You know, they should have the love train for Lovey. What they got for yeah, what they got for Tabor coming out? <laughs> he doesn't have his own music. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, but, okay, now he's jogging to the sideline. See, when you're important, you move fast because you don't want anybody to stop you. So, <laughs> yes, there, there's, there's our first – you guys heard it here live on the radio, the first steps of Chris Tabor as the head coach. But – yeah, I, I think it's is, interesting. All Grody, I think it, Grody, Grody, yeah. is he wearing is he wearing a visor? Um, no, no oh, visor. You know you. why? Because he's got that great flowing blonde hair. Now he's clapping his hands and he's walking over to Greg Olson and Andy Dalton. Where and and, and, and oh, a man. big hug from you can tell that uh, Olson is excited for him right now. He's First guy Olson blocked at Soldier Field his whole life. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hell of a pass catcher, though. Uh, I guess if Borum does start, and if Olin Cruz says he's starting, he's starting. But um, I, I think it would say something philosophically about the Bears. I mean, they, they are playing through the pain of a rookie quarterback right now. And if they throw Larry Borum in there, I don't know if he, if he would be ready to be the full-force guy. I mean, I, I'd kind of like to see Wilkinson start and then – have Borum come in, um, and, but it, it should very well be Borum starting. And then the always the outside chance of Alex Barnes. He's always been the, the emergency guy, though, it seems like, for all positions on the offensive line. I got to tell you, Olin is dressed like uh, Mike Ditka today. He's got the wrong outfit on. He should dress like Mike Martz if uh, he's going to start oh, going after the tight end. Uh, so uh, <laughs> so help, help us out. I, 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 I I saw one really bad piece of news, and that is that Trent Williams is going to play. Uh, that is an yep. awful good player, and that doesn't help the Bears. But uh, how does the uh, injured list look, Mark? Who's in, who's out? Yeah, so the big news, I guess, for the Bears right now is that Akeem Hicks is in today. 
as far as your inactives are concerned for the Bears, we, we knew Khalil Mack was going to be out of this game. He is officially inactive. And then no other surprises, Nick Foles, Rashad Perriman, Artie Burns, uh, like I said, Khalil Mack, and uh, Caleb Johnson. No, no surprises this week like we had with uh, the Kairos Tonga being inactive. He, he is full go out here today. Um, as are everybody else. So no real surprises. It's a letdown that Mac won't be playing in this game, but they they can make do without him for you know, and he and he may be, and we don't know this officially yet, but the national reports on Khalil Mack had been that perhaps they shut him down for this game, next week's game, and then of course after that is the bye. So get him healthy once and for all because it seems like well he has been. He's been showing up on the injury report for a year and a half now. Well, Mark, one of the big guys coming back is Akeem Hicks taking the week off. Any word about kind of percentage-wise how good he is? Because that's a huge mismatch uh, for the Bears to win the matchup between Daniel Brusque and the right guard for the uh, the 49ers. Yeah, totally agreed. I don't know what to expect from Akeem Hicks. When played against Green Bay, watch him closely. We all saw him go down after he made the sack and he came over to the sideline and slammed his helmet down. Um, so, and he's been limited and going slowly from what I have watched and practiced this week. So it definitely bears watching, you know, Hicks badly wanted to return for the green Bay game, probably knew that he was coming back a little bit early and, uh, hopefully, hopefully he is full force of Hicks for an entire game because you are correct. That's, that's a matchup they can exploit. And the one thing that, players have said this week to me and coaches, and one of the things that Juan Castillo just said to me is that this is that San Francisco is a physical bunch, you know, despite some of their deficiencies this year coming in at two and four, they like to hit. And we know at times this year the Bears have struggled in that category. So all signs point to considering the offenses of both of these teams, a grinded out, type of game out here at Soldier Field. Now, what is, by the way, a beautiful, sun-kissed, crisp, cup of coffee-like day? Nice. Thank you for the weather. Like um, so, uh, <laughs> when you just spoke about how physical you expect this game to be and, and watching film last week of the Chicago Bears and now with Khalil Mack out, uh, Travis Gibson struggles a little bit against the run. You said Trent Williams is up. Uh, 49ers strength is on the outside with Mike McGlinchey, Alex Bars, and Sam Mustafer's former teammate at right tackle. Any talk from Bill Shuey this week, Grody, about what Gibson needs to improve on to raise his game? Because with him, Kamara, and Christian Jones, they have to find somebody there that the 49ers can't just run at all day long. Yeah, and I keep coming back to Eddie Goldman and – where, where is he in terms of is he 100% healthy? Because cause something has not been quite right, it seems like, in-game with Eddie Goldman. Every time I've talked to him, he always says he's fine, he's good to go. But you need like a – I think the Bears could use a splash play or two from Eddie Goldman, and I know he does the dirty work, and I know he gobbles up blockers, but they could probably use him to get in there and make a play or two. Bilal Nichols. As well, Mario Edwards, if he can keep from committing stupid penalties, hopefully he becomes a bigger part of that out here as well. But, yeah, they, they definitely need – you know, it'll be good to have Hicks back, but, you know, not, not being full force without Khalil Mack and the San Francisco 49ers probably wanted to grind a little bit today. They, they're going to need that, and you can't have those missed tackles at the first level. 
uh, obviously we know Jimmy Garoppolo's from here, and he's got a hundred uh, members of his friends and families. Is there like a Garoppolo section? How, where are all those people? Are they intermixed throughout the crowd, or uh, does he have one little area that he's waving to? You know, I'm looking at the uh, Molly. I'm looking at the San Fran sideline right now, and uh, there is a massive group of of red jerseys over there. So I am yeah. wondering if that is not the the Garoppolo bunch. A lot of red over there, but it'll be interesting to watch today. I mean, like. But his career started, everybody thought Garoppolo was going to be a star. He got paid, and, you know, now he kind of is what he is. Six touchdowns, four picks, uh, a 64.8 completion percentage, been sacked eight times. Um, and the one thing, you know, I was talking to Duke Shelley about this, and they say, you know, look, he, he likes to throw the ball over the middle. So that's, that's the tell. So there could be, you know, some, some good hitting, some good parties right on the middle of the field with Garoppolo on the field against the Bears defense. All right, great stuff. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Mark. Later, boys. See ya. All right, I got to get to uh, some zing zang. It's getting to be that time of uh, in the pregame show. So uh, we'll be right back here with Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley. It is the pregame show on the score. I got a whole team to worry about. I'm not just thinking about what the quarterback situation right now. I'm going to evaluate everything, see where our team's at, um, see what gives us the best chance to beat Chicago, and see what our options are. I mean, that's what you go into each week, finding out your options. We had two quarterbacks who were hurting this week. Jimmy was able to come back and play. We'll see if Trey can next week. Still not sure yet, but I got a lot of things to figure out. It is the pregame show with Owen Coots and Patrick Manley presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. Uh, download the Bet Rivers app today. And uh, and that's interesting. That is uh, Mike, Sh- Mike Shanahan. That is Kyle Shanahan earlier in the week, son of Mike. And, uh, and he's talking about his quarterback situation. And it's fascinating, really, when you think about it because they – they a couple weeks before the draft, they went out and traded a lot of picks and moved up to be in position to take the quarterback they wanted. And the thinking was that Michael McGorkle Jones was the guy they wanted. Uh, Mac Jones doesn't go. Uh, they end up taking Trey Lance, and that allows the Bears to move up and get Justin Fields. And uh, and Mac Jones obviously is the one who falls and winds up in New England. And I don't know how you feel about the rookie quarterbacks, but he's actually he probably landed in the best spot. Let's put it that way. And they're using him perhaps better than other quarterbacks. But um, but Trey Lance came back from a left knee that has allowed them to stick with uh, Garoppolo. A tough situation for Garoppolo. Uh, he's got a left calf injury. And um, and he's a guy that uh, has been – it's very interesting. They win games with him, generally speaking, in the Shanahan era. But when he's hurt, and he's hurt often, they it's like they don't trust him and they worry about him and they just try to protect him. And they're a different team when he's healthy versus when he's playing hurt, which is what appears to be going on right now. Yeah, and it shows you exactly how hard it is to find yourself a franchise quarterback in the NFL that you pay a guy – uh, twenty plus million dollars a year, and then you got to trade all those draft picks to get another guy early in the first round, just because uh, you're still trying to find that guy to get you over the hump 
And that's what Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers, John Lynch, that's what they're telling you when they trade up and take Trey Lance. Uh, they're telling you that this problem that the Chicago Bears have in finding the franchise quarterback, the guy who can make the play at the end of the game, the guy you win because of, not the guy you win with. And that's what they do with Garoppolo. And that's how much you got to pay a guy now just to win with them, Pat, with a very yeah. good run game, with a very good defense. And they're still trying to – Kyle Shannon's still trying to find that guy who does what Aaron Rodgers does for LaFleur, right? A guy who coached under uh, Shanahan. So um, this this problem the San Francisco 49ers have, this problem the Chicago Bears have, is a problem that a lot of teams in the NFL have. Yeah, and it's just, you know, it's proof. Tom Brady leaving, uh, you know, everybody I think at the, at the beginning was like, what is it? Is it the chicken or the egg? Is it Tom Brady or is it Bill Belichick? Tom Brady leaves, what does he do? He wins the Super Bowl with, with another good head coach in Bruce Arians. So, yeah, everybody's chasing that that next quarterback, and you kind of understand why you give up what you do to try to find that guy because there's very few of them, and we're seeing it in the NFL, and hopefully the Bears have found one. Who knows if the 49ers have found one. But evaluating this team and watching Jimmy Garoppolo right now, when they don't have George Kittle, they are a completely different offense. This guy, he, everything runs through him. It looks like the whole energy of the entire team, everything. Um, you know, Now all they have is Debo Samuel for Jimmy Garoppolo to throw to. And if you watch that Colts game last week, you know, obviously it was in the rain, but everything, you knew it was going to him. They're trying to get the run game going. But without George Kittle, uh, these 49ers quarterbacks just don't look you know, like a 49ers quarterback. I mean, this, this offense to me is built around George Kittle and what he can do. It's a, it's a great point. And I think that when we look at what they're able to do, uh, there is this fear that they're going to kind of solve all their issues in Soldier Field somehow. I, I, I don't know. When a team comes in on a four-game losing streak and you've just played two future Hall of Fame quarterbacks, it looks like, okay, get your, catch your breath, you play better at home, beat this team. But you just don't know which offense is turning up for these guys. For, uh, yeah, for the 49ers, you don't know. Like last week, Darius Leonard said he was happy uh, Kyle Shanahan went away from all those misdirections runs, right, and the things that worked early on the first drive for the 49ers, and now with Trent Williams back, you expect them just to make it easy on Garoppolo, just to run uh, that that scheme that Shanahan is famous for. Run the ball, run the ball, and Manley talked about earlier the inside of that line, specifically the matchup with Akeem Hicks and the San Francisco 49ers right guard, but even Lakin Thomason and left guard Alex Mapp, Bilal Nichols, Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks, uh, can really dominate that matchup. If they can take that run game away and the ends and the linebackers can just play boot and, and uh, you know, when they get Garoppolo out of the pocket and try to take shots, it'll really help today. So I expect to see the Shanahan scheme today because they went away from it last week, Pat. I expect them to stick with it, to almost be stubborn with it because they got to be telling themselves, look, guys, uh, just don't make mistakes. Put about 17 to 20 points on the board and we probably win this game. All right. Yeah, Why don't you, make, go ahead. We've got to take a break. Yeah, yeah we, we're up against the break. Want to give a big thank you to our friends at Zing Zang, big partner of the pregame show. Manly was in Zing Zang in a blanket last week. That's right. I, I don't know that it cured your cold, Pat, but it made you feel better, I'm sure. <laughs> it made me feel a lot better. Yes, it did. Yeah. Chicago's it was nice to be away from you guys for a day. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was horrible for me, buddy. No points uh, on that comeback. None. Yeah. Chicago, <laughs> poor Olin went through a living hell talking to me in the pregame. <laughs> Chicago's hometown Bloody Mary mix created in Chicago, still headquartered here in Chicago, and the number one Bloody Mary mix brand, the number one cocktail mix brand, 
They have mixers like the Zing Zing Margarita Mix and, of course, all made with natural ingredients. And check out the cans. You can get them at the store. Canned Bloody Marys, Margaritas, Whiskey Sours, Premium Spirits already included. I've got the uh, the uh, Bloody Marys that were intended for all of us. I just took all of them, and I've been, I've been plowing through them in your honor. Uh, Full-strength cocktails in a can, 9% ABV. It's like two cocktails in one and ready to drink at your tailgate. Get them quickly. We'll be right back here on the pregame show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 